Hey, it's the Y'all Show. How y'all? I'm John, and we're going to be here for the next two hours bringing you all Southern talk. We've got politics to get to. We've got an update from y'all.com. We're going to have sports land yap coming up an hour two. Our barbecue barristers headed your way, Matt Hermans, And we'll start off this hour with headlines from across the South. To reach out to us, we welcome your feedback 24-7. Our number is 803-816-1170. Our website is the ultimate guide to the South. It's y'all.com. Y-A-L-L dot com. And don't forget, on Facebook, you can find us. So easy. Just search for y'all dot com. And we're right there. Please do us a favor and follow the y'all dot com Facebook page. And we'll grow our audience and you'll be on top of everything going on across the Southeast. As we start this Tuesday edition, we'll go right into headlines here on today's y'all show and an update on Tropical Storm Arthur. On Monday, it brushed the North Carolina Outer Banks area and it brought life-threatening surf and rip currents along the U.S. East Coast as it kind of made landfall there on the Outer Banks in the northeast corner of the state of North Carolina. With Arthur's center passing off the, the state, a pocket along the coast that included Newport and Havelock reported more than four inches of rain Monday, that according to the National Weather Service. Other areas of the North Carolina beach areas saw Two inches or more of rain and some secondary roads flooded in North Carolina. Wind gusts of at least 40 miles per hour were recorded at at least two places on the Outer Banks. The Hurricane Center said that Arthur was moving northeast Monday at a 60-mile-per-hour path expected to take it center away from the Carolina coast as it makes an eastward path today. But it looks like North Carolina, for the most part, dodged a bullet, although this was still just a tropical storm. But to have a tropical storm hit the North Carolina coast, and we're not even to the 20s of the month of May, it's only the 19th of the month, it's very, very frightening. Could this be a harbinger of what's to come from a hurricane standpoint, as we already have our first named storm system of 2020, Tropical Storm Arthur? putting a lot of rain on North Carolina's Outer Banks here in the last 24 to 48 hours. Update now coming to you from the state of Florida. Police there had to break up a massive block party, and officers, when they were doing this, were pelted with glass bottles and a bar stool. And this was not at some rundown bar there in the Sunshine State. This was at, I think, a residence there in Volusia County as officials were called out to, to this area on early sunday morning as the sheriff's office there trying to break up this party officers eventually recovered a loaded ruger nine millimeter and arrested a 37 year old named charles turner whom they described as having a lengthy criminal history with 18 prior convictions and now he's facing two counts of a possession of a weapon and a convicted felon having that inciting a riot also being charged to him Another man charged, 27-year-old Alfonso Parker, here again at this party that went out of control in the state of Florida for having so many people come to this party, and police had to come break it up in DeLand, DeLand, not far from St. Augustine is where you'd find this area of Florida to the south and to the northeast of Orlando, the land home of the Stetson Hatters, and a massive block party broken up early on Sunday. And then, as I said, the police coming out there getting pelted with bottles and more. People didn't want to leave the party. Yes, they didn't want to leave the party there in Deland, Florida. And I think an officer got hit on the head, had a minor injury there in Deland. 
as this incident happened over the weekend but i don't have a count i'm I'm only seeing some really scratchy video of all the festive attendees of that party but luckily the police officer is going to be okay they got hit but it was a scary scary thing to share with you today congratulations to all of the kroger employees that have braved going into work over the last two months kroger the cincinnati-based grocery store has announced a 130 million dollar thank you pay bonus for its employees that's a very good thing kroger with large presence in let's see georgia they have a pretty large presence in portions of mississippi and tennessee of course all over kentucky as they're based out of i said the queen city of cincinnati and they're in other states along the south as well but qualified full-time employees of kroger are going to receive a 400 hundred dollar bonus and then qualified part-time associates will receive a 200 dollar bonus which will be it's going to be paid out in two installations coming up on may 30th and june 18th the kroger chairman and ceo is rodney mcmullen and he put out a statement saying our associates have been instrumental in feeding america while also helping to flatten the curve during the initial phases of the pandemic to recognize and thank our associates for their incredible work during this historic time we offered a special pay in march april and may Kroger has also decided to extend their COVID-19 emergency leave, which paid employees directly affected by the virus. And I think I reported this the other day. I'm pretty sure it was a Kroger store in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where the manager there actually died the other day after complications of having the coronavirus. So people have put their neck on the line and their life on the line at grocery stores all over the South and all over the country. And Kroger is announcing again a hundred and thirty million dollar thank you pay bonus for its employees very very nice work there from the leadership of the cincinnati-based grocer now in tennessee hey how about this did you realize that there's a town or a county in tennessee specifically that is run by a former wrestling star wwe star kane he's now running knox county and he is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, and he has lockdown orders have been extremely troubling and should be challenged. That is what's coming out of Kane, who also goes by the name Glenn Jacobs. That's his real name. But when he wrestled, he was known as eh, he was known as Kane, K-A-N-E. And he was on Fox News Rundown on Monday, and that's a podcast that Fox puts out, and was asked about the overall response to the pandemic and He said that as mayor of Tennessee's third largest county, there's nothing in the U.S. or his state's constitution that would allow for many of the restrictions. And he is a Republican. And Jacobs went on to say, we talk about public safety, but the issue is that when government says something is an emergency and we can do anything, then all that has to happen is you have an emergency. Then that's extremely troubling to me, and it should be challenged by the people as well. And then he lamented that many of Tennessee's leaders are not trusting the people to live their lives and be safe. Yes, the former champ who spent 20 years in professional wrestling and won several world titles also reacted to the WWE continuing with events in empty arenas amid the pandemic. About that, he said, I think it's the right decision because right now there's just not that much available in the realm of live entertainment. But I think it gives people a distraction and something else to think about and it think it's important i think wwe handled that in a responsible way and so this former star of wrestling is now in politics how about that 
the mayor of Knox County in the Knoxville, Tennessee area, Glenn Jacobs, or you can just call him Kane, and he'll be coming off the high rope and get you if you if you go again 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 him on that uh, Knox County political scene. <laughs> okay, this is an unfortunate story coming out of the Volunteer State. This out of Middle Tennessee, a couple has been critically injured in a random machete attack. And this happened at their storage facility there in the Nashville area. And it looks like the guy that attacked them was also a guy that had a storage unit at the same place there in Nashville. And he became upset over some of the coronavirus stuff. And he had his own storage unit there. And he had a machete stored in there. And guess what this man did? Kelvin Edwards, he's 35 years old. He's now been charged with two counts of attempted murder for callous, unprovoked, and a random attack on this husband and wife as they went inside the office of the public storage at fifth avenue south in nashville and he had no idea who these people were he just attacked them the 50 and 55 year old members of this couple were transported to vanderbilt university vanderbilt university medical center listed in critical condition we sure hope the best for them but this guy is now charged with this attempted murder 35 year old kelvin edwards in nashville As he told detectives, he was angry over the COVID-19 shutdowns and his inability to get into the rescue mission. And therefore, he went and attacked unprovoked, had no idea who these people were, a 55-year-old and a 50-year-old, a couple there at their, checking out their storage unit, just like he was doing, except he he darn near killed these people. And unfortunately, they, they they may both lose their fight for life. We hope the best for this Nashville couple. One sign of times maybe are improving in the state of Florida for sure. The Florida Keys are going to reopen to visitors on June 1st, just days away. And that's more than two months after the chain of islands closed to visitors to minimize the spread of the coronavirus. The Monroe County, Florida Emergency Management said Sunday that checkpoints that barred visitors from coming into the Florida Keys are going to be removed starting June 1st. And the statement also says hotels and other lodging establishments will be allowed to reopen at 50% occupancy. Businesses must implement sanitation stations and follow the American Hotel and Lodging Association's cleaning guidelines for the coronavirus. The Florida Keys, again, had been closed to non-visitors since back March 22nd. So we're pushing two months now. But what a beautiful part of our Southland and the Keys, you can go across that seven-mile bridge and see the great Strait of Florida and all the other places. Work your way to Key West. And if you want to go escape, that's a heck of a way to escape going to the Florida Keys. And it's going to be back open for all y'all starting June 1st. Another story out of the Sunshine State to report. You may remember several months ago there was a shooting at the Pensacola Naval Air Station. And according to Attorney General Bill Barr, On Monday, he announced that that shooter had had contact with al-Qaeda, and after finally assessing the gunman that phoned, they had this gunman there that killed the people. Three of them were killed, all Southerners, by the way, back in December at the Naval Air Station, Pensacola. The phone was an iPhone that this shooter had, and guess what? Apple had not been helping out law enforcement for a long time try to open up people's phones if it was locked. And I think the FBI found a way to get into this guy's phone, even without Apple's help. Mohammed Alshranadi is the guy that killed the people back in December. 
And now through this, the FBI and the Justice Department in Washington, D.C., now know that this tw- this guy who was a 21-year-old second lieutenant in the Royal Saudi Air Force, he had a connection to al-Qaeda. And all this came as a re- result of relentless efforts and ingenuity of FBI technicians. As I said, they found a way to crack into his phone, even without Apple's help. And that's great news, again, on this attack that killed three great Americans, three great Southerners. And one of them was a recent graduate of the Naval Academy. I think he was from South Alabama, Joshua Watson, 23-year-old, who was killed along with two others in that attack back in December. So looks like our government is finding a way to get through some of the the security protocol of Apple, and that's good news, especially when you have such an awful shooting like you had in Pensacola at the end of 2019. Now, this is a college sports story, sort of. It's about the cheerleading team for the University of Kentucky Wildcats, but the cheerleading coaches, four of them, have now been fired at UK following hazing allegations and other inappropriate conduct. And now the university and the coach of the cheerleaders has has come down. Head coach Joe Mo Thompson, assistant coaches Ben Head, Spencer Klan, and Kelsey LaCroix are no longer with the Kentucky Wildcat cheer program. As the university says, they did not take action after inappropriate conduct by members of the cheerleading squad. It took place at off-campus events, and that misconduct included hazing activities, alcohol use, and public nudity. And the executive vice president at UK is Eric N. Monday. And on Monday, this vice president for finance administration said the investigation that began in early February after a call from a family member of a cheerleader led to the family member claiming inappropriate conduct took place by squad members during off-campus trips and coaches didn't provide enough oversight. And after a three-month process and interviews that went on interviewing more than 60 students, the decision has come and the provost also weighed in at the University of Kentucky and four members, again, of the cheerleading staff at the University of Kentucky now out after hazing and other things have been accused of this program. Most cases, cheerleading programs are now part of the athletic department at most colleges. They used to be sort of a volunteer student activity group, but a lot of your major colleges have now kind of absorbed the cheerleaders and they underwrite most of their expenses, but oftentimes they don't give them full scholarships. That's usually the case there. In the old days, a lot of your major college programs would give your cheerleaders about a $500 stipend per semester. And a lot of those cheerleaders would go out and spend as much time as athletes with their routines. And gosh, if you've ever seen some of the maneuvers that cheerleaders do, it's darn dangerous the way they get up there on those pyramids. And some of them have fallen and really hurt themselves. And it's a scary business. And the University of Kentucky had one of the best cheerleading programs in all of college sports. They'd won the national championship of cheerleading at least once that I'm aware of. How about the war between the states? It might be going on around our nation's capital as the states of Maryland and Virginia are teaming up with the District of Columbia. And they're suing the EPA about the pollution on the Chesapeake Bay. As they filed, these three entities have filed a notice of intent to sue the EPA for failing to require two other states to implement plans to cut pollution in the Chesapeake Bay. As the Attorney General of Maryland, 
Virginia's Maryland, Virginia's Attorney General, as well as the Columbia, District of Columbia Attorney General, all say the EPA has failed to require Pennsylvania and New York to develop and implement plans to achieve 2025 Chesapeake Bay restoration goals as required by an agreement by states in the watershed of the nation's largest estuary. Did y'all realize that it was the largest estuary, Chesapeake Bay? And now these three in these three governmental authorities, the Maryland, Virginia, and now District of Columbia, too, all teaming up to go against the Environmental Protection Agency for, I guess, their lack of going after New York and Pennsylvania. Hard to believe that New York State, ultimately parts of it, drain into the Chesapeake Bay. But I guess the headwaters of the Delaware River are somewhere in the Empire State. I know that the Delaware River flows right past Pennsylvania and New Jersey on its way down to Maryland and into the Chesapeake Bay. But I guess further north of Trenton, New Jersey, on up between the New Jersey-Pennsylvania border, the Delaware River ends up somewhere, I guess, in New York State, as I said. And that's why New York's now a party to this lawsuit or why the EPA is being sued by Maryland, Virginia, and the district. More headlines coming to you here as we start this Tuesday Y'all Show talking about everything in the South. And we'll go up the Chesapeake Bay to the state of West Virginia. Have you ever heard of the Matawan Massacre? This happened a century ago, and we're now celebrating this anniversary. In 1920, miners went on strike to gain recognition of the United Mine Workers of America. And on May 19th of the year 1920, 12 Baldwin Feltz agency guards came from Bluefield, West Virginia, to evict the miners from company houses. As guards left town, they argued with town police chief Sid Hatfield and Mayor Testerman. Shooting of undetermined origins resulted in the deaths of two coal miners, seven agents, and also Mayor Testerman. None of the 19 men indicted were ever convicted there in the Bluefield, West Virginia area. And so, sure enough, all these years later, bullet holes in the brick wall of the former post office still are there, serving as a reminder of how Appalachian coal miners fought to improve the lives of workers 100 years ago. As Mantuan was what's called a company town, where you had essentially everybody living there in West Virginia, that town worked at the coal mine, and people got upset, and they had this rally, and they had some disputes, and ultimately, bloodshed. This was memorialized in the 1987 film Matawan, and that's a landmark moment in the battle for worker rights that raged across the Appalachian coal fields early in the 20th century. And we celebrate this week the 100th anniversary of, again, what's called the Matawan Massacre right there in West Virginia, the Mountain State. And lastly, we got to give it up for Memphis-born and I would say Nashville reared, but also I think she was reared in California by her mother a good bit. Roseanne Cash, Johnny's daughter, she's just won the prestigious McDowell Arts Medal. And the woman who stormed on the scene around 1980 with the hit Seven Year Ache, and then it had a lot of big songs. And this story is coming out in the news right now today, but this is a very honest declaration by yours truly. I spent the last couple of days watching YouTube music videos and I don't know why I found Roseanne Cash somehow popped up in my feed. And I like Roseanne Cash. And I watched a bunch of her songs that were hits back in the 1980s, like Blue Moon with Heartache. 
and I love seven year eight. In fact, I'm going to brag on myself. I'm, I'm a visionary. I'm a guy who loves women and I'm a believer in equal rights. Do you know the first two music projects I ever bought were both from female artists? The first record, as in 45 record, an RPM 45, the first record I ever bought as a kid was Roseanne Cash's Seven Year Ache. Somewhere in my possession, I still have that record. Great song. And the first eight track, and I'm really aging myself when I admit that I bought an eight track. The first eight track I ever bought was Dolly Parton's Nine to Five album. In my case, I bought the eight track. And those were the first things I ever bought. It was another eight years before I ended up buying my first CD. And that was not from a female artist, although I did buy Patty Loveless music at one time. But Alabama's Southern Star album gets the award for me purchasing my first CD. And, and, and now, as I think about it, going back through my musicology, the first digital album I ever bought, and I think it's still the only one I've ever bought, because I get a lot of albums sent to me, but for whatever reason... I wasn't on the recipient list of this particular project. I bought Taylor Swift's Red album a couple of years ago when it came out. I'm not so proud of that fact, but I'm very proud of the fact that I bought Roseanne Cash and Dolly Parton's 8-track when it came out back in the day. But Roseanne Cash, back to Roseanne, she just turned 65, and she's won four Grammys and is known for such albums as Interior, Seven Year Ache, and the River and the Thread. And yeah, she was a big country music artist along with her husband at that time, Rodney Crowell. They had some great songs like It's Such a Small World. And oh gosh, there was a great story that I was reading the other day. No, it wasn't a story. I was watching the YouTube channel of Roseanne Cash. And it was a couple of years ago that Roseanne and her ex-husband, Rodney Crowell, actually played together at a deal in Nashville. Now, Roseanne lives in New York City. She's been living there for a long time she's got another husband and she ended up having a a child a son with this another this next husband beyond rodney crowell and i doubt she actually even gets back to tennessee all that often but she was playing there in nashville a couple years ago and she brought out rodney crowell her ex-husband and they have i think three children together and that was pretty cool to see them but it was a really cool thing to hear her play one of her big songs of the 1980s and it was a song that she wrote with Rodney Crowell. That's the reason the two came out and sang this song. And the song was inspired by the fact that she was nominated for an award somewhere around 1984. And she went to the award show. I think it might have been a CMA Awards. And she got a really nice dress and was ex- all excited, that thinking that she might win the award that particular night in Nashville. And she didn't win. She did not win. And so what did she do? The very next day, she and her husband at the time, Rodney Crowell, decided to get together and get revenge. And their way of getting revenge was to write a song. And so they wrote a song, and guess what? It was less than a year. The song that they wrote after she had just gotten jilted by the CMA, I think it was. It was either the CMA, ACM, maybe the TNN Awards at the time. But they didn't give Roseanne what she thought would be a deserving award. And so her revenge was to team up with her hubby, Rodney Crowell, 
and write a song. That's what all songwriters do to get revenge, right? Well, that's what they did back in the 1980s. And they wrote that song and it became a big hit for Roseanne Cash. And do you know that it actually became a Grammy award winning song for Roseanne Cash? And you're going to ask me, hey, well, what was the name of that song that was such a big deal that ended up getting to be a Grammy award winning song for her? as I said, back in the 1980s. And I know you want to know the name of that song. It was 1985's number one. I don't know why you don't want me. That. And we need to play that song here. I'm going to play that, a little bit of that going to break here, going back to the mid-80s. We've got more of the Y'all Show coming up. In fact, when we come back, we've got a little Southern political report to share with you. And then in a few minutes, we'll have an update from y'all.com. All that right here on the show that covers everything Southern. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five. Do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. November 3rd, it's just, what now, five months away? It's going to be here before we know it. That's Election Day 2020. 
And we're looking at some polling now as our Southern Political Report arrives for this week. And if you go by the polls, just wrap it up for the Democrats as Joe Biden's going to walk away victorious in November, at least according to the polls. Now go back four years and most of these same polls predicting a big Hillary Clinton thumping of Trump. So you can't always trust polls. But just to give you an idea of what's going on nationwide with some of the polling, according to 538.com, you have the Firehouse Strategies Optimist poll, and that was conducted May 9th through the 16th. And it shows that Biden has a 10-point edge, 52 to 41 percent over Trump in this nationwide poll. RMG Research has a poll that shows Biden's up 4 percent on president trump with a 43 to 39 percent margin there and then you have the harris poll that's a pretty respected poll and it has biden with a comfortable six point edge over trump 53 to 47 now when we break it down in some of our southern states of what's going on polling wise in the state of georgia president trump has a narrow edge over biden 48 to 46 in the bk strategies i wonder if that has anything to do with burger king (laughs) but yes in that particular poll trump actually has a rare victory in georgia according to this poll 48 to 46 in the competitive state of florida florida atlantic university has just come out with a poll that shows joe biden with a five-point edge 53 to 47 over trump in the sunshine state In North Carolina, there's been a bunch of polls that have come out there. We'll go with what East Carolina University has released. And the ECU poll shows that President Trump has a 46 to 43 edge over Biden in the North Carolina polling. Then we go to other states that are in the South, as it looks like Public Opinion Strategies also did one in Georgia. They show Biden with a one-point edge in their Public Opinion Strategies poll, 47 to 46 and that's all of our southern states again that are listed on this poll but yes they've also looked at colorado showing biden with a 13 point edge of course it went democrat in 2016 and also the state of new jersey heavy for biden 23 point edge according to the polling there by rutgers university and then in the competitive state of wisconsin which went for trump in 2016 according to marquette's law school poll the joe biden camp has a two-point edge over trump right at around 45 to 43 and that was conducted back on the 12th of may but it's going to get even closer i think as we get closer to november 3rd and president trump of course if you've watched his twitter feed the last few days he keeps pushing this obamagate conspiracy it could be more than a conspiracy depending on which side of the aisle you're on but there was certainly looks like some questionable things being done by the obama administration in the last couple of months in office and that helped lead to the investigation of general michael flynn and now trump's seizing that to try to maybe do a little bit of a diversionary tactic to get people's minds off the coronavirus which is certainly doesn't surprise me that he would do that but it, it we'll find out it's a long way remember when in march and and late late february for sure but even in march all we could talk about was the ukraine impeachment trial that's all people talked about every network wall-to-wall coverage and so whenever i hear people bash president trump for not necessarily doing a good enough job with the coronavirus and he he likely didn't do the the best job out there 
I'm not going to fight that argument. But the national networks didn't care about the coronavirus back in February. All they cared about was the impeachment trial, wall-to-wall coverage. All one party, all they wanted to talk about was the impeachment. And the Republicans had to defend it. So that's all they were talking about, too. And yeah, when you're a president of the United States, you got to walk and chew gum at the same time. So even with all that going on, the White House should have been a little bit better and better prepared for the coronavirus. But how many times has a president been under the gun for an impeachment trial and then have a pandemic break out at the same time? It hasn't happened ever, to my knowledge. It didn't happen when Bill Clinton was in office, and it sure didn't happen with Andrew Johnson. And now President Trump, he's got questions to answer. His best thing going for him, as I weigh in a little opinion here in this political report, is the fact that we're still in May. We are still in May. And if you know anything about Trump world, as bad as something may seem one day, the next day something else has happened. And we've forgotten about it. Sometimes even good stuff you forget about. And what President Trump, what he did back at the beginning of 2020 when he ordered the killing of Soleimani, the Iraqi, no, I'm sorry, the Iranian general that got killed in the Baghdad area, that seems like a lifetime ago now. But that was a bold move. And frankly, I think that's showing the bold move that Trump did. It's going to end up being a net positive, a huge net positive. Now, partly because of the coronavirus, we haven't heard almost a single thing out of that whole part of the world over the last couple of months. Now, they did. (laughs) Did you hear about the Iranian? I think it was their Navy. They sank their own boat a couple of days ago and killed about 18 sailors when they fired a missile at their own boat. And that was a real big screw up for that country. But, yeah, the passage of time, I think, will end up helping Trump get past this whole question mark about the coronavirus and it's been a rough couple of rough couple of months for everybody now one thing that i missed out on i don't know if this was made nationwide as far as a breaking story but we lost an oklahoman as a result of the coronavirus as donald reed herring died at age 86 and he died i think it was back in april from the coronavirus as he's one of many Oklahomans to die. He died back April 21st at the hospital in Norman, Oklahoma. Now, who the heck is Donald Reed Herring, 86-year-old that died in Oklahoma from the coronavirus? He happens to be the older brother of Senator Elizabeth Warren. And she recently has said that watching her oldest brother die from a distance after contracting the coronavirus was something that she will never get over. As she discussed the pain and anxiety of losing a brother, and the experience shared by many loved ones who lost now 90,000 people in the country and around 316,000 people around the world who've died because of the coronavirus. And in an interview published this week in The Atlantic, Senator Warren discusses, again, the loss of her eldest brother. I think she's got three. She had three brothers, and then she was the only girl, I think. And this oldest brother, Donald Reed Herring, dying back in April from the coronavirus in Norman oklahoma and she couldn't be there she could not be there she actually told the atlantic pneumonia really takes it out of you and you know he's old and so he went to the rehab and he was ready to go home he was packed up and ready to go home when somebody tested positive and they wouldn't let him leave and i called him every day for 11 days and every day he would say i'm just fine in fact he said i think i probably had it before and i'm just too tough and didn't even notice and she said he got sick and then he died by himself 
That's the hard part, really hard part. It's hard to process things like this because everything is happening at a distance. And human beings, we're not set up for that. We're wired to be with each other. It makes it hard. Those are the words of Elizabeth Warren, again, in this Atlantic interview she did this week about losing her oldest brother, Donald Reed Herring, age 86, to the coronavirus. And lastly, as we wrap up our political headlines, we're going to be talking about a place in the South that's way south. That's Puerto Rico. I know they're not really an American southern state, but they're actually a member of the Southern Association of Governors. So Governor Wanda Vasquez is the governor of Puerto Rico right now, and she's going to hold a non-binding referendum in November to decide whether Puerto Rico should become a U.S. state, a move that comes amid growing disillusion with the island's U.S. territorial status. For the first time in the island's history, the referendum will ask a single, simple question. Should Puerto Rico be immediately admitted as a United States state? It's an answer that requires approval from the U.S. Congress and a question that outraged the island's small group of independent supporters and members of the main opposition Popular Democratic Party. I'm for Puerto Rico being its own country, frankly. I mean, they, God bless them. They're an American territory, but honestly, most of us, and this is not being selfish, most Americans just don't think of Puerto Rico unless there's a problem. And Puerto Rico likely doesn't even think of the mainland. They kind of do their own thing, but they sure benefit from the benefits. But many of those benefits have either not happened the way they were supposed to, or it's been all a big mess in Puerto Rico, partly due to their own problems, corruption on the island. And so Puerto Rico, if they can find a way to be their own country, I'm all for it personally. If not, should they become the 51st state? Should D.C. become a state? All questions that remain to be answered. And frankly, the ball is in the United States Congress's court if that were to happen, if Puerto Rico would become or D.C. voted on to become a 51st, possibly 52nd state. I do like Puerto Rico's location. Perhaps we can add them and subtract, let's say, Vermont. We'll give Vermont its own independent nation status or maybe make them part of Quebec. Bernie Sanders probably wouldn't like that. And that is a quick kind of look at some of the southern political happenings here on today's Y'all Show. Stay tuned. On the other side of this break, we've got some stories up at y'all.com that you're just going to love, love, love. And we'll share that with you next. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app that you can try for free right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. Start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Just download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com now. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. 
You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzess.com. Sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood. We are y'all, and we're wrapping up this first hour of the Y'all Show, courtesy of y'all.com. That's our partner here. They kind of help put this thing together. And we're proud to show you what's on y'all.com and why you need to go right now and visit y'all and bookmark it, if you will. Y'all.com. It's just four little letters. Y-A-L-L dot com. And if you go there right now, you're going to see the incredible variety that's up at y'all.com. And thanks to Clark Shelton, the editor, he's got a story that I'm going to share with you a little portion of. Crazy sock patterns are trending in 2020. Do you have any crazy socks? That kind of sounds like an American Indian name, but no, it's crazy socks. Socks are definitely a fashion trend in today's world. And do you have any crazy socks? Is cotton the best material choice? The new age of the sock is out there. And sure enough, you can get colorful socks. Socks that you can wear around the house, not even with shoes. You can put socks on and then put on sandals. I see people walking around with socks and sandals. Looks a little weird at first, but overall, kind of looks pretty neat. But yes, there are some great links if you go to the website, y'all.com, and find this story where you'll get linked to Elite Sports Socks, a company that makes really quality sports socks, and other links of companies that are in the sock business. And yeah, Justin Trudeau is one of the people known for wearing these kind of crazy socks. And he's one of the biggest names that wears these types of socks. And so you can look like the Prime Minister of Canada, eh, if you go out and get you, again, some of these crazy sock patterns. I've got some crazy socks, but not necessarily the thick ones that I'm seeing here in this article. But I think still the socks that I actually have picked up would qualify. I think it's kind of neat. Socks just don't get boring brown and blue and black socks now. You can go get, whether you're a man or woman, socks that have a lot of colors. I don't think it matters what the pants or shoes you're even wearing, unless you're going to be going to, let's say, a job interview or perhaps a funeral. You might not want to get get too crazy with your sock pattern. But yeah, it, you, you wouldn't believe. I've got uh, several different pair of wild and crazy socks in my sock drawer, and there's not a time that I don't wear those things that somebody doesn't point out, hey, I like your socks. In fact, one time I bought a pair of socks at Walmart, of all places, Walmart, Seneca, South Carolina is where I actually purchased these socks. And I'd love to have another pair because they're the most uh, commented on socks that I wear. And I bought them when I was at the Wally World in Seneca 
because of the color combination. It was sort of a gray, red, and black combination. And they were they were kind of wild and crazy, but it wasn't too wild and crazy. And I bought them. They also had a little yellow thing on them, a little small yellow image. I bought them, didn't even pay that much attention. And it wasn't until maybe the third or fourth time I wore them, somebody commented, hey, I really like your socks. And I'm I'm thinking, okay. And I actually had to take a minute and look down and see what the heck my socks were all about. And do you know what? I looked closely, and the image on my socks were a small little a, a little chicken, like a little chick, a small little yellow chick next to a magnet. And it hit me, and I laughed my t- fanny off. Chick magnet was the theme of my socks that I still like to wear. I don't think I'm a chick magnet, but if I was, my socks are perfect don't you think so check out crazy sock patterns are trending in 2020 a story up from clark shelton on the page of y'all.com and lastly here as we promote the ultimate guide to the south y'all.com clark has also penned an article six fall southern music festival set for 2020 and hopefully hopefully all of these are going to happen you'll need to check with each one of them to see if they indeed happen at the scheduled time as of right this second I got a feeling some of these may have already been canceled and or they're looking to cancel them soon. But most of these actually were scheduled earlier in this year and have already been pushed back. So the six fall music festivals in the South, according to y'all.com for you to be on the lookout for, is in Franklin, Tennessee, Pilgrimage Festival. And that's set for September 26th and 27th. And that's the sixth annual event. It has not yet announced its lineup. But past events have had Chris Stapleton and Justin Timberlake going there to the county seat of Williamson County, Tennessee, Pilgrimage Festival. Again, set for that last weekend in September. Now, just down the road from Franklin in Manchester, Tennessee, Bonnaroo normally happens in June. This year, it's been pushed back to September 23rd through the 26th. And it was moved because of the coronavirus. And the current lineup right now includes Tool, Lizzo, Best Nectar, and more. Bonnaroo 2020, now set for September 23rd through the 26th. Now, in Austin, Texas, they've moved the Austin City Limits Festival to October 2nd through 4th and October 9th and 11th. This year's lineup includes Mumford & Sons, The Cure, Cardi B, Billie Eilish, and more. All that at the Austin City Limits Festival, now set for October. It was pushed back. It actually was one of the first things to get canceled back in March when all the coronavirus stuff started happening. Don't forget about the Hopscotch Music Festival. That's set for September 10th through 12th in Raleigh, North Carolina, as it returns to downtown Raleigh for its 11th year. And it's going to have 130 bands over three days, all again in Raleigh at the Hopscotch Music Festival that second weekend of September. The last day of October and the first day of November is the Voodoo Music and Arts Festival in New Orleans. The lineup's still yet to be announced, but hopefully New Orleans can host this thing. Voodoo Music and Arts Festival coming up right there around November 1st. And lastly, in Panama City Beach, Florida, you got the Gulf Coast Jam set for September 4th through 6th. That's Labor Day weekend. Tickets are now on sale. Headliners are set to be announced any day now for Gulf Coast Jam. And that ought to be a lot of fun taking place in Panama City Beach, Florida, coming up Labor Day weekend. In fact, I just got an email the other day from my good friend Ernest Harper. And Ernest with the radio station in Dyersburg, Tennessee, he sent me... Gulf Coast Jam, Country on the Coast, 
that's going to be taking place in Panama City. That's that's the I guess the same event, and they've just announced their lineup. So let me tell you, according to the Gulf Coast Jam, Country on the Coast being set for PCB, Leonard Skinnerd, Brad Paisley, Luke Bryan, Cody Jinks, Cole Swindell, Brothers Osborne, Joe Nichols, Billy Ray Cyrus, Riley Green, Lindsey L, Jordan Davis, Walker Hayes. Also, you have a bunch of other people I've never heard of. All this in Panama City Beach, set for September 4th through 6th. And you can go to the website, pepsigulfcoastjam.com, for more information, again, on this big-time event, Labor Day weekend at Frank Brown Park in Panama City, 2 p.m. to midnight. Something tells me it might be lasting a little bit longer than that. Gulf Coast Jam in Panama City, and that's going to be September 4th through 6th. And that's one of, again, six fall Southern Music Festivals, as of right this moment, are set to still happen. Something we can all look forward to. You know what else we can look forward to here on the Y'all Show, hour number two. We're going to start it off with Sports Lanyap, and then our barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, Matt Hermans, has going to be, he's set to be filing his next delicious report, and all that is ahead. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Back we are for another hour talking about the South. In just a few minutes, we're going to get our barbecue fix in, courtesy of our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. You don't want to miss out on the fun of that, and you don't want to miss out on the fun of contacting us here on the show that's all about the South. Our number is 803-816-1170, and you can text or call anytime you feel like it. We would love, love, love to hear from y'all. Also, go to our website, Y'all.com. We begin this hour of the show that's all about the South with a little sports lanyap, a mixture of all kinds of things. Of course, Sunday, Kevin Harvick raced at Darlington and won that race there. And NASCAR gets back together on Wednesday night from Darlington for a 500-mile race there in the PD of South Carolina. And I think that's on Fox Sports 1, but it'll be primetime NASCAR on a Wednesday night. Maybe the first time ever NASCAR has raced on a church night. But that's what's happening in NASCAR here this week. Now, professional sports, they could be coming back sooner than you might expect. In fact, this week it's been announced that the states of Texas, New York, and California are joining Florida in the effort to get professional sports back up and going. Yes, even Governor Cuomo of New York has signed off 
as also the governor of California and the governor of Texas all said Monday that professional sports could resume in their respective states in the near future. Of course, all major sports have been shut down since March due to the coronavirus pandemic. Governor Cuomo said he's now encouraging major sports teams in New York State to plan on reopening without fans, whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball, football, Whoever can reopen, we're a ready, willing, and able partner, according to Governor Cuomo during his Monday press conference. Governor Newsom in California said sports could resume without fans in his state as soon as first week or so of June. A little bit surprising there. Now, right here in the South, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas said professional sports without fans could resume in Texas at the end of this month. And we know now that some some of the professional teams are going to take up each of these states as far as the ability to practice and more. In fact, we told you last week, Ron DeSantis said that Florida is going to green light professional sports. And today, the Miami Marlins are going to reopen their spring training facility for individual workouts at their facility in Jupiter. The Miami Marlins 40-man roster can now go work out in Jupiter and one step closer, perhaps, to having some sort of restart to Major League Baseball pretty soon but yes they're at the roger dean chevrolet stadium complex in jupiter look for some miami marlins to be getting their practice in although not official team workouts but individual workouts going on here as teams try to get back up and going a former professional baseball player in the news former la dodger carl crawford unfortunately at his home in houston a five-year-old boy and a woman drowned over the weekend in his backyard pool carl crawford was okay this I don't know who the woman was and the child, but Houston police were called on Saturday afternoon to this home for reported drowning of this North North Houston home that, again, belonged to Carl Crawford, longtime Major League Baseball player. And unfortunately, these two died. Now, the 38-year-old Crawford is a Houston native. It was a four-time All-Star outfielder who last played in the Major Leagues in 2016 with the L.A. Dodgers. He actually played football at nebraska and he was a high school actually he was supposed to be a cornhusker and he played football in texas instead he chose baseball ended up having a career that included with the tampa bay devil rays at the time the boston red sox and then finally with the la dodgers known for his speed crawford was a gold glove outfielder who led the american league four times in stolen bases and four times in triples again this was not him that drowned this was a woman and a five-year-old boy both drowning in a home owned by carl crawford in the houston area our thoughts go there to the families of the victims there now to a former a former high school star from texas now turned kansas city chief turned super bowl hero patrick mahomes oh yeah by the way a former texas tech red raider how about patrick mahomes he's going to give the commencement speech for texas tech's graduation congratulations to patrick and this graduation ceremony will be taking place this weekend it's a virtual graduation ceremony on may 23rd but being named nfl mvp in 2018 and then leading the kc chiefs to the super bowl that's not enough for patrick mahomes now he gets to be the virtual graduation featured speaker for his alma mater texas tech as the president at tech 
Lawrence Chauvinac said, Patrick's story and his rise to stardom both here at Texas Tech and the NFL have been a great source of pride for Red Raiders and an inspiration for thousands. During that rise, Patrick has never wavered from the lessons learned from his family coaches and his time as a student athlete at Texas Tech, displaying class, humility, and a competitive fire to be the best. We are very pleased and grateful that he will address our May 2020 graduates who have persevered in spite of unique challenges to earn their degrees. And they sent out a tweet from the official Texas Tech website at Texas Tech. It says, we've got the MVP of commitments to speakers next Saturday, Patrick Mahomes, TTU grad. Way to go, Patrick. And again, he is riding high as he's the Super Bowl star, NFL star, NFL MVP the year before. And now going virtually, he doesn't even have to go to Lubbock. He can, I guess, hang out in Kansas City if he wants to and, and dial it up. Just mail it in, Patrick Mahomes. But when you're the superstar that he is right now, you can get away with just about anything. Now, of course, he's not the only NFL star to be a commencement speaker right now. In fact, Alex Smith gave the commencement address at his alma mater, the University of Utah, and he did that back in 2014. He hasn't done that lately. Now, earlier this month, twin brothers Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin, who do play currently for the Seattle Seahawks, they delivered the commencement speech to the class of 20 virtual graduation at their alma mater, the University of Central Florida in Orlando. So the Griffins coming through, what they have a heck of a story, those two twin brothers, and they're both on the Seahawks roster, and one of those has a, I guess, a un- un- normal arm i think he's missing part of his arm and he's a very good defensive player for the for the hawks and was a darn good player for the ucf knights before getting a chance to play in the nfl but again kudos to patrick mahomes and tune in i guess texas tech will allow those of us who aren't ttu alums to watch patrick mahomes virtual commencement ceremony and again whether you're a texas tech graduate or a graduate of any college and or high school right now congratulations to everybody in the class of 2020. Some sad news out of Mississippi and a Ole Miss football great, the first black football player at Ole Miss, Ben Williams, has died at age 65. He had been hospitalized in Jackson, Mississippi after a stroke, and he had been the first black football player along with James Reed when they showed up in Oxford back in 1972. And Gentle Ben, as he was known, was the first to go out and play on the field for the Rebels, making history there in the 1970s and was a very beloved player, a very beloved fixture there on the Oxford campus. And again, had that nickname, Gentle Ben, known for his tenacity and effort on game days. He finished his career for the Rebels with 377 tackles and 37 sacks, ended up being a three-time All-SEC defensive tackle and was an All-American back in 1975. He Grew up in Yazoo City, Mississippi, and went on to be drafted by the Buffalo Bills in the third round of the 1976 draft, I think it was, and went on to have a 10-year pro career. Ben Williams, a very popular fixture. He actually was voted Colonel Reb, the highest student honor at the Ole Miss campus. He was voted Colonel Reb by the students at Ole Miss, an award that got changed a few years ago for absolutely no reason. Ben Williams was a big fan of Colonel Reb, the mascot. I know so because I saw him come out in support of Colonel Reb around 2011. And back in 2014, the school honored Ben Williams and Reed as well when it named the entrance to the Manning Performance Center in their honor. Ben Williams dead again at age 65 after a stroke in Jackson, Mississippi. 
Rest well, General Ben, who, oddly enough, he came back after he went to the NFL as a fundraiser one time in the 1970s. He came back on the Ole Miss campus, and to help raise money, he actually, the school sanctioned him to wrestle a black bear at the basketball coliseum there on the University of Mississippi campus. That's not a joke. I, I kid you not. Speaking of the now Mississippi Land Sharks, they're in the news because guess what? The Lane Kiffin Bowl is going to go down in a few years. And what do I mean by that? The current coach of the Land Sharks, Lane Kiffin, has scheduled his old employer, the University of Southern California, a future home and home series between the land sharks and the trojans it's going to be taking place in the years 2025 and 2026 as mississippi is going to go out to the coliseum for a game in 2025 to start the 2025 season and then the following year the trojans will ride in to oxford and to vault hemingway stadium for a game in the 2026 season remember it was usc that kiffin had a pretty good run before they fired him on the tarmac after a bad road loss uh, back in 2013 i think it was and and fired him there and he's looking to get some revenge i'm sure but yeah the trojans and the land sharks on the gridiron but you're gonna have to wait a few years 2025 and 2026 and when you'll see this sec versus pac 12 Donnybrook brook going down and lastly here's a sort of land shark connection this is about a young man who grew up in Oxford. His daddy is the head coach of the Mississippi Landshark baseball team, Drew Bianco. He actually is a baseball player for the LSU Tigers for Paul Monerchi. Uh, and there at LSU, he has been a pretty good player there for the Bayou Bengals. And he spurned his hometown, Mississippi, to go to be a baseball player at LSU, which also happened to be the alma mater of his daddy, Mike Bianco, the coach of Mississippi. And at LSU, he had had some success there. He's a sophomore. And he entered recently the transfer portal as a college baseball player. And now, Drew Bianco is deciding that he's going to stick around Baton Rouge. As he says that he looked at his options and even looked at going to junior college. But Drew Bianco says, to be honest, LSU is still on the table. I may end up going there. He said that at the time. But now, this player who appeared in 52 games over two seasons for the Bayou Bengal baseball team including 13 of the LSU's 18 games in the shortened 2020 season, appears to be heading back to play for LSU in 2021. He hit three home runs in 2019 and had just two hits and 27 bats in the 2020 season, which, again, if you know anything about the way this college baseball thing is going to work out, I think every baseball team is going to give their players an extra year. I think the NCAA will come out and announce that all college baseball players will essentially be gifted another year of eligibility since no single to my knowledge no single college baseball team even played a conference game before everything got shut down they'd only had about a month of play before everybody had to get off the diamond due to the coronavirus and now we know that drew bianco looks like he's heading back to baton rouge and suiting up in the purple and gold of the lsu baseball program which is seeking to get back to the college baseball glory of going to omaha and perhaps bringing another national championship to a very historic college baseball program to go along, of course, with the national champion football program that you have right there on the LSU campus. And we have some breaking news out of Greenville, South Carolina. After nearly 125 years of fielding a college baseball program, on Monday it was announced that Furman University is going to drop its 
college baseball team. The Furman Paladins shutting down their baseball program. And that's the second Southern Conference school that will now not have a college baseball program as the Chattanooga Mocs dropped their college baseball program many years ago. And unfortunately, we're likely to see even more college baseball killings, if you will call them that, here using the coronavirus as the excuse. We've seen a lot of schools up north already do this. But for college baseball, rabid South Carolina, the state, to lose one of its Long-time college baseball programs is a real, real travesty, and we hope that the Furman Paladins can find a way to get their program back up and going soon there in the SoCon. And that is a quick look at what's going on in the world of sports here on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we're going to go find out what's going on in the barbecue world. Matt Hermans will be dropping by. Plus, there's a virtual barbecue competition about to go down in a few weeks, and I'm going to get the barrister's take on that. All that is coming right up on the show that's all about the South. Y'all. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five. Do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know, we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate bug just a sipping on sunset. 
It's one of the holidays that is celebrated all year in barbecue lore, and it is called Memorial Day. This is the Y'all Show. Welcome back. I'm John Rawl, and we're here to talk about barbecuing Memorial Day 2020 with our barbecue barrister, Matt Hearman, on the show that covers everything Southern. And Barbecue Barrister is back with us. How are you doing, Barbecue Barrister? Man, I'm doing great, John. I cannot complain. How about yourself? I'm good. This is kind of a big week for you. We're going to go through some of the Barbecue Barrister's Memorial Day grilling tips. That's one thing that we can do, even in the midst of a pandemic. We can still grill. Yeah, Memorial Day is one of those big grilling days. Memorial Day, Fourth of July. I mean, these are these are some of the prime time grill and barbecue moments in uh, in the year for sure. And I know we talk about grilling a lot, but when you look on the calendar, I know Matt Hermans, you've got to look at that day a little extra special because it is a big event in the Hermans manner. Well, you know. Um, I guess so. Oh, I mean, come on now. Come on. You're telling me you're just going to take the week off and day off here Memorial Day and no grilling? Come on. No, no, no. I didn't say that. What I was going to say is I try to make every weekend a ah. barbecue or grilling weekend. So it's kind of like Christmas. You know, if, Christmas, if you have Christmas every weekend, you know, Christmas Day is not that exciting, right? So, no, I'd definitely be doing something. I don't know what I'm going to do just yet, but – and guarantee you the subtle uh, the subtle notes of hickory wood will be uh, you know coming up from my backyard for sure. Matt Hermans, who again makes all of the rest of us who don't grill every single weekend, you make us look pretty bad, sir. I hope that makes you feel better. Do you feel like a bigger man because of that? <laughs> Can't get much bigger. Right? <laughs> uh, you no, are uh, kind of a big I guy. Am, uh, what, what I'm trying to do is inspire people to fire up the grill more. So, uh, you know, if I've inspired anybody to get the charcoal rolling out there, then I guess, um, you know, I feel pretty good about that. Job so well that. done. Job well yeah, done if you've done that. that. Now, again, some of us don't grill every single weekend. Shame on us for not doing that. You do it. So I've got to ask you, since we do have this big event – Now, of course, we all know the real reason for Memorial Day, uh, the sacrifice of our brave heroes of today and yesteryear that have died in service to our country. We don't want to ever, ever diminish that. But it's also a day, frankly, that's known for grilling. And it's known for essentially kind of an unofficial beginning of summer. And in the spirit of the kickoff to summer, Matt Hermans, Please at least give me a little bit of what you've done in years past since you're kind of, and we'll blame the coronavirus on this. You're kind of, it sounds like, not really planning big time for this upcoming Memorial Day. You're, you, you've you been trapped at home, so yeah, I understand why you grill every weekend. But at least take me back to, gosh, way back to 2019 and some of the ideas that might pop in your head of what you did for Memorial Day last year. Yeah, so... Um you're definitely right that it's a, uh, yeah, for sure that, you know, there's always a, an underlying meaning behind these holidays for sure. Um, World Day is certainly a meaningful one for, for people. And as far as the, uh, 
to kick off to summer, you know, I kind of tend to think that, particularly uh, throughout the South. I mean, the end of the end of May is, I mean, it's essentially summertime at this point. Uh, to be honest with you, it's certainly um, the chill has left the air for the most part. Put it that way. So um, I like that as well. As far as yeah, this this year's a little different. This is almost one you can kind of chalk up to. It never happened before in my life. So, yeah, we won't be having a bunch of people over getting together or anything like that just because of the, the precautions still in place. But what I've done in the past, I, I kind of feel like Memorial Day is, you know, we've all, we've talked about uh, in the past, you know, the difference between grilling and barbecue, very different uh, things. Um, I think Memorial Day weekend is kind of a kind of a grilling type uh, holiday. You know, you get people around, a lot of people go to the park. You have folks in your backyard. Maybe you're breaking in the pool since it is kind of summertime now. If you got a pool in your backyard, maybe you got people splashing around in there. Um, it's a good time to grill burgers, hot dogs, sausages, you know, bratwurst, stuff like that. Um, I tend to think maybe even you know some chicken, maybe chicken thighs, things that are that are hot and fast grilling. I tend to think you want to. I tend to think you want to grill. It just seems like one of those holidays where you want to get outside you want to do some other things and people want to eat. Sometimes if you splash around the pool, you're playing around the yard, you may want a burger here. You may want a hot dog a little bit later. Uh, maybe not a 12 hour uh, pulled pork smoke, although that would be awesome as, as well. I tend to think of it as a grilling holiday, but that could be just my perspective. And you mentioned the, one of the favorite beginnings of summertime is when matt hearman's the pool gets opened up and so with that in mind i don't know about you but when i was a little one we were always told you know you don't go jump in the pool until you've let your food settle for 45 minutes or so so i want to ask our barbecue barrister matt hearman's what are some of the things we don't need to be loading up on before we go take the the cannonball right into the pool in the deep end, by the way. Yeah, I wish I was a doctor. I wish I could comment on that. I'm, I'm not sure. Right, we all, we're always told about the deadly cramp, right? The deadly, <laughs> deadly cramp. You do not want to get a cramp. You'll end up at the bottom of that pool like a <laughs> cinder block. Uh, I, <laughs> I never experienced that. And I can't say that I really followed that rule growing up. I used to love to, to break that rule, unfortunately. But I never had the, de- the dreaded cramp. So, But, I, again, not a doctor. They're not going to weigh in on that. That could be, uh, you know, that could be real. Uh, but yeah, I think um, that's kind of what I was saying earlier about, you know, getting the grill fired up, whether it's charcoal or gra- uh, or gas, stuff like chicken, stuff like hot dogs, you know, hamburgers. You don't necessarily want to sit down. If we're going to go back to the cramp, let's just say for sake of argument, the cramp is real. Okay. What you may not want to do is sit down and put down an entire rack of ribs and then go splash around in the pool, especially if you're you know, you're just getting back in the zone for the year. You may not want to sit down and, and power through a pound of uh, pulled pork barbecue on a bun with sauce dripping all down your face and getting in the pool. You may want something a little smaller. You may want to spread it out throughout the day. You may want a little hot dog. You may want a little bit of chicken. You may want a sausage here and there. Just kind of snack around throughout the day when you're getting in and out of the pool. So... You know, uh, I think you know. With you know, if we're gonna we're gonna give due respect to the the uh, the lessons taught us growing up, I would say you know, smaller meals, a little snack here and there is good, especially if you're gonna run around, splash around the pool. I'll tell you what, I don't want to do a whole lot of anything after powering through a big plate of barbecue, and I love barbecue, <laughs> but you probably can't get me out of the chair 
after that. So uh, if you want to stay active, maybe maybe ribs, maybe pulled pork, maybe this stuff is stuff's a little heavy for uh, for you getting your activity going the first weekend of summer, right? The first weekend of summer, unofficially, if you follow the calendar, you know that officially it's still spring, but it's sure starting to feel a lot like summertime. And as again, Memorial Day represents letting the pool be open for the first time. In many cases, it represents getting your shorts on and more if you haven't done that yet. And we've covered this in detail in recent weeks here on the Y'all Show, but just in case somebody missed out on the fun of the Y'all Show, Matt Hermans. Real quick, if you don't mind, it also, this weekend, might represent the opening of the grill. So if you haven't touched that grill since summer 2019, what's some of the basic things that the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue wants to make sure we all are aware of? This is going to sound weird, John, but... Uh, let spiders. it rip? Is that, are you going to tell me, just let it rip, don't worry about it? spiders spiders yeah and i am not this is not arachnophobia this is not uh somebody who's deathly afraid of these eight-legged creatures um but if you've had a grill gas grill or charcoal and it's been put up for the winter maybe you've got a cover on it uh you know if you're you're trying to uh you know extend the life or at least the uh, aesthetic beauty of your your appliance there Spiders will get in this thing. Spider spiders will make webs. Spiders will get all over your grates. They'll get all over. If you got a propane grill, the spiders will get up and they'll make webs up in the little um, undercarriage for your little propane gas uh, lighter and adjuster. I would just say, check out spiders. You don't want the you don't want the flavor of a spider web. You don't want the taste of a spider. At least get the cobwebs out of the grill, and they do love for whatever reason. Spiders love to get in there with the grates and the, the stuff that you've got and the inner workings of particularly your gas grill and just web that thing to death. So I would call, I would ask, I would tell everybody to uh, to go ahead and just check in there. No big deal. Just get it out of there. Get your little fly trapping buddy out of your grill before you fire it up because, uh, man, I've seen some infestations over the, the sun, over the winter and the spring. I know it's cozy in there, I guess. It's all nice. <laughs> and dark and uh you know it's a great place for it so uh, before you get rolling yeah check for spiders and webs yeah brown recluse evidently doesn't go well with your hamburgers it sounds like coming from our barbecue don't mess with that at all no hey I, you you already told us matt hermans that you're not a, a doctor earlier in the show i know you're not a uh you, you, i know you are a dead animal expert we we know that that's why you're the barrister but from a living animal perspective, I'm not so sure you're an expert on that. I want to ask you if you were a little bit of an expert on living animals. In your experience, open up a grill, maybe for the first time since last summer, and you encounter spiders. If you just had to take a guess, a guesstimate here, how many spider webs and slash living spiders are we talking about? Are spiders very territorial and they only essentially have one spider per grill, or is there going to be a whole colony of spiders? Well, I was trying to think during this thing, I was trying to think there's a word for people who are insect experts. <laughs> I can't think of the name. But. Uh, pest control professionals. That, well, that's that's one. I'll say horticulture, but that's somebody that's plants. Anyway, I'm going to let that go. But uh, uh, I don't know the the nesting habits of spiders. I will say, 
um, that I have seen some pretty intense spider webs in my grills um, that are impressive. So if one spider, I do think I do think they have their own little territory though, and I do think a lot of these webs are intricate intricate traps for flies and other little insects like that which is fine you know shoot you live uh, in a place that's humid and sticky you got flies and flies love barbecue and you know all the spiders the better right but not in the grill i think they have their own little territory and i think they kind of stake their claim okay and, uh, that's boy, actually helped to work if they really do are kind of territorial, which, you know, you and I are also territorial when it comes to eating our barbecue and our meat. Yeah. You know, we're all about it. We're like dogs now. We're not going to let you come sniff around our food. But it's good to know maybe that you don't have 5,000 spiders in your grill. You might have one or two pretty big ones you got to. No, no, I think uh, just I think one can do a heck of a lot of work over several months. I think. Yeah. I think they can definitely get the job done, even if there's just one of them in there. Hey, if you would like to contact us here on the Y'all Show and ask the barbecue barrister a question or two or three or four, maybe it's about spiders, maybe it's about his tips to making great Memorial Day grub, hey, you can reach out to us. The number, it's right there, 803-816-1170. That's the way you do it. You just contact us here at the Y'all Show. And I know this is not very good television. I don't know how else to pull this thing up. But I did have somebody send me just a moment ago something that I, I want to share. And this is not going to be the best way to do it. Barrister, hopefully you can see that. And I'm going to show our audience here on today's Y'all Show a little Can't closer. Quite. Okay, I'll, I'll show it in just a second. It's a grill, but it's a grill that maybe you've not quite seen before. And I'm going to stick it over here for you to see virtually here can't quite pick it okay. up you have to describe it to me okay well when you go to your happy place one day that would be heaven um <laughs> hopefully you're going to be put in a casket and somebody out there in the south has come up with a casket that's out in the yard and instead of opening up the casket and seeing a dead body it's a grill it's a actual working grill have you ever seen or heard of anything like that i thought oh my goodness i see i thought you were going to say somebody chose to be uh enter their eternal repose in a grill shaped casket no now okay so i thought that was cool and now i'm a little creeped out because i'm trying to put the i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm interested in eating anything coming out of that i'm just going to say that that is uh that may be a step beyond um the other way around i was thinking to myself thinking you know there's a worse there are worse ways to kind of slip off into the hereafter than going into a smoker um that look there a casket that looks like a smoker I've never seen a smoker that looks like a casket. I have no idea, and I have no idea the thought process that went in there. Um, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to have to take the – I'm just going to have to take the fifth on well, that. I didn't tell I you, you this is a, one of those darn gifs that we see way too many of in today's world. And the caption above this gif says, It's official. I have seen all there is to see. And somebody, and it might have been our barbecue barrister, sure took a lot of time to create this casket-turned barbecue grill. You know, it's a point of conversation. It's man, it's got a lot of room to to grill on if you want to kind of convert a casket into that. 
You know what they're saying? People are uh, people are dying to eat that barbecue. <laughs> He's got jokes. He's got jokes. Our barbecue barrister here on yeah. today's y'all show Memorial Day edition. So we've already talked about go out there, make sure you're really careful when you open your grill up. Maybe it's your first time since last spring or last summer even, and you're got to be careful of of spiders, old creepy crawlers all out in your grill, perhaps. And just go ahead and assume you're gonna see at least one. So go ahead and be prepared for that. What else do we need to do to get it quickly ready? I know we don't want to spend all weekend getting our grill ready. What else do we need to do besides well spider prevention? You know, like we like we t- as long as you you figured out you don't have a zoo in there. I mean, <laughs> spiders are your you know that's one, but you got you know possums and squirrels. You know, just make sure there's nothing else in there that's going to start squealing when you turn the heat on. You know, that's all. But uh, you don't have to like we've talked about before cleaning a grill is very different than cleaning, you know, some type of dish that you would run through your dishwasher. You don't have to take the parts of your grill and use cleaner on them and scrub them down. In fact, you don't really want to do that uh, because, you know, every cleaner you use is going to have chemicals in it, and then you put heat to chemical, and you have vapors, and you have smells, and you have scents and tastes you don't want any part of. So cleaning a grill is very different than cleaning anything else. All you really want to do is scrape off the buildup, okay? So if you've got little V-shaped bars in your gas grill, if you, of course, you have grates, uh, if you've got some buildup on the top, sides, bottom, there's usually a drip pan underneath the grates where, where grease and things will build up. You get these, like, stalactites of, of fat and stuff like that. You don't need to mess with that a whole heck of a lot, but before you break your grill out for the summer, the best time to do it is to get in there and just scrape it out. Get you a grill brush, a little brass brush, or something with a scraper end of it. Could even be, you know, a, a spatula is what I've used. But just make sure it's scraped off. Scrape off your grates. Get out the extra grease underneath. A lot of people don't know. Um, people have fires, right? I mean, I don't mean fire that you want. Like you have a charcoal grill, you have a charcoal fire. You want that fire. People on gas grills with propane grills have fires. In other words, the thing catches on fire, not it's burning your house up, but I mean grease inside your grill catch on fire and burn stuff up. Pretty soon your sausages are charcoal. Pretty soon your medium rare hamburger that somebody wants is now a hockey puck. <laughs> Some of the causes for those fires is just plain old grease buildup that hadn't been cleaned out. Uh, grease burns, grease catches on fire, especially if the heat gets right. Uh, a lot of these fires come from underneath the grates where you have propane touching built-up grease. And then, boom, there you got your fire. you got to close the grill. You're kind of embarrassed, kind of looking around like, this is my first time to ever use this grill. And you're pointing at things to get people to, uh, to not look at the fire you started. So you don't want to be in that situation. Scrape out the grill. Scrape the extra grease out. You don't need to scrub it down with some type of cleaner. Just get the excess off. Get you, get you ready to roll. You might not have to mess with it the rest of the summer, but this is the perfect time to do it. All right. So we're preventing the spiders and also preventing you from setting your grill ablaze right here in our conversation with Matt here. It's anything else, I mean, I'm getting ready. I'm ready to go stick something on a grill. Don't tell me there's something else we need to be watching out yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. You got to make sure your propane tank is full if you're using gas grill. Charcoal is totally different thing. You just burn charcoal clearly, but... Aside from having the embarrassing fire that takes, you know, Uncle Joe's hamburger and turns it into something nobody wants to eat, the other 
downside is running out of propane mid-cook. Okay, hmm. You're doing a steak, you're doing a burger, you're doing something. People are licking their chops, they're drooling all over the place, they're ready to roll. Propane tank goes out. You are out of luck, particularly if you live in you know, a place a little bit outside of town. Maybe you got a little, little, you know, a lot of places with uh, some property here in the south. So then you got to run to the store. Everything's cold. You're a, you're in a mess. So make sure that propane tank. And here's the thing about the propane tank: you might have left it. It might have been full when you shut that uh, regulator off at the top. Whenever you went and put your grill away for the winter, but it's not totally totally airtight. That stuff can leak out over the months. So uh, you don't want to be caught half full on the propane tank when you fire up memorial day weekend can't have that can't have that but what we can have is more of our barbecue barrister we've got a whole nother segment coming up with him and i'm actually going to have him again uh, he, he evidently he can use this commercial break to come up with a little shopping list because i want to know what the old fellow is going to be cooking on memorial day so we're going to get ahead and get the sneak peek from matt hermans when we come back also, there's going to be a virtual barbecue competition with some of the heavy hitters of barbecuing, and I'm going to relay that information, and I'm going to do that right after this as the Y'all Show continues. All right, if you're watching us here on the Y'all Show, feel free to give us a comment, or as we said earlier, you can just call us, 803-816-1170. That's the way to reach out to us 24-7. And always, it doesn't matter what day it is, you can always send something in to our barbecue barrister if you'd like for him to comment on it. Maybe you've got a, a very special dish you're going to be serving up on dish. That's not a bad, that's, that's a terrible term to use when it comes to barbecuing. You know what I'm talking about. If you want to brag on what you do, let the barbecue barrister know. Now, back into the Y'all Show. We appreciate everybody tuning in and enjoying the show. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And we're back on the Y'all Show. Final segment, John Rawl here as we wrap up another episode of the show that covers everything Southern. We have our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans on for this final segment. We're getting ready for Memorial Day 2020. We've already gone through in the previous segment. In case you missed it, you can rewind it and learn more about how you get your grill ready and other tips to get you ready for Memorial Day 2020. But now it's time to dig in and learn more about what our barbecue barrister has planned. I know he's kind of been thinking, oh, Memorial Day is a couple of weeks away. Well, sorry to break it to you, barrister. It's coming up Monday, so you better be prepared. So with that in mind, we bring on Matt Hermans one more time here to wrap up today's y'all show. Okay. It may be a little bit premature, but go ahead and hit me. Hit me good 
what you're going to be serving here Memorial Day weekend 2020? Because I know it's probably an all weekend affair for you. Well, I'll tell you what's on the menu, and uh, it might surprise some people. But uh, we, you had a fantastic guest on recently on this, uh, and I was able to talk to him as well. Well, what you talking about, Willis? I've had a lot of great guests on. <laughs> um, it was Matt. Matt Moore. He was, I'm Matt, too. Uh, so it was the other Matt, or I would be the other Matt that day. He's a very impressive guy. He was talking, we, we got to talking about chicken. And uh, normally, you know, I'm a pork guy. I love the swine. I'm a hog, a heavy hog uh, honcho uh, is, I guess that's one way to put it. I love the pig. I love everything from the butt, the ribs, the belly. I like all of it. Like the tenderloin. I love the chops, man. There's not a part of the pig I don't love. So, however, I'm going to change it up a little bit. When we talking to Matt Moore, he was, we, we were tossing around chicken ideas and he mentioned spatchcock. Oh yeah. And if people who, People who watch that show will remember what a spatchcock chicken is. And I think the first time I heard it years ago, I thought maybe it was a kind of a breed uh, of chicken, a spatchcock. You know, a cock is a rooster, um, but it's not. All it means is that you flip the chicken over before you cook it. You take some poultry shears, you cut the spinal cord out, pop that out, and you flatten the bird out. So the bird goes from kind of a... Did you say flatten the curve? No, <laughs> I think we're supposed to do that. We're, we're already done that, right? So uh, instead of flattening the curve, we're flattening the bird. Flattening the bird. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. So, you know, take the spinal cord out, flay the bird out, put it over your charcoal or your smoker. I'm going to do that. He inspired me to to get a spatchcock chicken go going, which is a whole bird, like I say, prepared in that method. So... Uh, I think that's what's on the menu. I've got a little plan for how I'm going to season it up and how I'm going to cook it. The key to any really, really good chicken, uh, particularly smoked chicken or grilled chicken or really any kind of chicken, I think a lot of people agree is skin. Hmm. I mean, chicken skin is one of those things that are just really good. Fried chicken, smoked chicken, rotisserie chicken, you want a good chicken skin. It's just one of those tasty things that, that you just got to have. So that's the key. If you have a string of rubbery kind of chewy chicken skin, it's, you know, that's fine. The meat underneath might be great and it probably is good. But my goal is to get that nice, crispy, terrible, what we call bite through skin, which is kind of a buzzword around barbecue people. Ooh, but uh, I've never heard that's of what that. I'm going to do. I'm going to do a spatchcock chicken and I'm going to do everything I can to get nice, crispy rendered bite through chicken skin uh the uh the fantastic matt moore has inspired me and so i'm going to do that will there be ribs at all over this memorial day weekend you know i did ribs last weekend i did ribs the weekend before that so i'm going to give my wife my wife loves my ribs they're they're very good i must say she enjoys them but i'm going to give her a little break uh she it's a little bit of a challenge, too, I will say. Um, she likes rotisserie chicken or roasted chicken in the oven or chicken roasted in one of these kind of roaster pans that people mm-hmm. have. She likes the texture of it. She likes the skin. 
Um, she likes the way it cooks. She likes to be able to bite through that skin in the rotisserie. So I've taken a challenge upon myself. A lot of times, anybody who smoked a chicken knows that just smoking a chicken does not get that skin the way you want it. Um, so she has um, she said bad words about my smoked chicken in the past. And I know she likes rotisserie, and I know she likes that skin. So what I, my aim is not totally altruistic. I want to show her that I can do a chicken on the smoker uh, that has delicious skin that's even better than a rotisserie or a roasted chicken. So I've got uh, inspiration, we'll put it that way. But, uh, that, yeah, that's that's kind of my plan. I want to show how good it can be. We wish you all the best. And then for everybody else out there, this this Memorial Day of 2020, good luck to you if you want to try a little spatchcock chicken. And by the way, we welcome you to go to y'all.com and find that interview from roughly two weeks ago. Matt Moore and Matt Hermans, along with me, we all had a conversation about his new book, Matt Moore's new book, and we mentioned the spatchcock chicken there. And you can learn more about that process at y'all.com. And as we wrap up with you, Barbecue Barrister, I also want to invite everybody to go to y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South. And if you go there right now, you'll find a great article that is up called the 28th Annual Barbecue Festival. It's going virtual for the month of June. And this is going to have a kind of who's who of people participating in this virtual food and music festival. And Myron Mixon out of Georgia is going to be one of the contenders in here. You also have Tuffy Stone. Isn't he from Virginia? Okay. Absolutely. And then is it Mo Kaysen? Does that sound familiar? Okay. Big, big Mo Kaysen. Yeah. Oh, Kaysen. Okay. And all He's this- out of Iowa. He's out of our region. Uh, uh, well, we, we hope he loses. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is going to be the 28th annual giant national capital barbecue battle that's going to be virtual and if you go to our website at y'all.com right now you can learn a whole lot more about it it sounds good hopefully matt hermans if you're not in this year's competition you might be able to sneak your way into 2021 and and we'll see what we can do to get you a get you a good w man i'd love to do it i've done a few competitions in my day it's been a little while but uh i'd love to get back in the game for sure Matt, we wish you and yours the happiest and best of Memorial Day weekends, and we look forward to talking to you again in June. Believe it or not, we'll be getting our summertime on for sure when we get back together again. Cheers, and thank you again for coming on the Y'all Show, sir. Yes, sir, and I wish everybody out there happy Memorial Day. Enjoy that warm weather, and uh, yeah, we'll get through this thing, and uh, hopefully the summer is uh, more fun than the spring. We'll just put it that way. We can all hope for that. Matt Herman's everybody. And that will conclude our y'all show today. Thank y'all for being a part of the fun. And we'll be right back here with another episode headed your way tomorrow. Until that time, y'all take care and go out there and watch out for spiders in your grill. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS Rite Aid and Walgreens. Use as directed. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B A B B E L.com. A social distancing tip. Keeping your distance from others is important in slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are some fun things to do alone. Read a book, take a walk, unpack your suitcase from that trip you took last September, paint a self portrait, catch up on a TV series, do a puzzle. Remember, we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council.